Welcome to A Magical Life, Health, Wealth and Weight Loss. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, Lead Practitioner at Holistic Natural Health Australia and number one best-selling author. In this podcast, I aim to give you practical tips on how to accelerate and sustain your health, increase your financial, spiritual and emotional wealth and to look at something that haunts many of us needlessly, weight loss. In some episodes, I'll have guests available to give you even more tips, but in others, the floor is yours. Drop us a line at A Magical Life Podcast on Facebook and let me know what you would like to know more about. Now, sit back and enjoy, because it is time for you to create and truly discover a magical life. Welcome back to A Magical Life. I'm your host, Magic Barclay, and today I'm joined by Stephen Rudolph. Now, in 1989, while pursuing a career in music in New York, Stephen took up a part-time teaching job to make ends meet. In his first class, he had an epiphany, that he had an innate capacity to teach. Though he had had no formal training, it was as if he had already knew how to do it. The realisation led him on a 21-year quest to India where he uncovered 5,000-year-old secrets to self-understanding and achieving one's potential. Stephen has taken those principles and crafted them into an easy-to-use, enjoyable program called Feed Your Tigers. Stephen lives in Cambodia where he serves as CEO of Multiple Natures International and explores how ancient Eastern wisdom can help people and their tigers become more aligned. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks, Magic. Nice to be here. Now, tell us a little bit about the tigers. Sure. So it's something that's really simple. You know you know, the areas where you are naturally drawn to in life in terms of activities. Some people are drawn to, let's say, like music or doing something creative. Other people have this natural tendency to organize work and projects and get things done. And other people are more, let's say, providing. They love to help people and assist and understand what their needs are and to fulfill them. And so like this, we each have unique tendencies. And those tendencies I call tigers. And the idea is very simple, this, which is that those tigers need to eat and they don't eat bulb food or little rodents or things like that. These tigers eat activities. And so somebody who's administrative would eat organizing work. Somebody who is, let's say, entertaining is an entertaining tiger. What they eat would be other people's boredom. They love to charge things up and they want to make jokes and tell stories and be dramatic. And so you can understand your tigers in terms of the things that you're naturally drawn to and that you love to do that especially have a social purpose. What a fantastic concept. I love that. Now, look, I ask all my guests the same three questions and everyone gives me such a multitude of answers. I find it amazing. So here comes your first question. What can your expertise do to accelerate health, not just the physical, but also emotional and spiritual health? When I was in India, 
you you had mentioned in the introduction about the the text, the Sanskrit texts, and the traditional Indian literature that I studied. I came across a book which is called the Charak Samhita, and this is a treatise for Ayurveda. You might know about Ayurveda. It's like what Chinese medicine is to China, Ayurveda is to India. It's a natural, holistic health practice and life science. And there, there's a word that I discovered, which is called swasta. So swasta is made up of two parts, swa, which means self, and sta, which means to be situated in. So swasta, swasta, means to be situated in yourself. But the interesting thing is that the word swasta also means to be healthy. And when I, when I read that, I had this just like mind-blowing realization that to be healthy is not about your body mass index or necessarily about blood pressure, about blood sugar levels. It's about how connected you are to yourself, how situated you are within yourself. And what that has to do with weight loss for me is this, and I'll speak personally, when I have a strong connection to my tigers and the big ones especially, so for example, my educative tiger, I'd love to teach, my entertaining tiger, I love to be fun and I love to you know, joke around while I'm explaining things. And my intrapersonal tiger. So that's one that's self-reflective and loves to talk about life and the deeper meaning of, of our existence. So when I bring those together, like educative, entertaining, and being intrapersonal, so I'm, I'm situated in myself as I feel like I am right now, that I'm connected, I'm in this state of flow. So when I'm in this state of flow, I have this buzzing going on inside me. I feel relaxed. I'm breathing from my stomach. I'm actually burning calories during this time. I don't feel a need to medicate, to stimulate, eat sugar, or do things that would be, you know, to smoke. I get my high just from being engaged. And so that, to me, is the greatest understanding of what where health can start. Because if I'm working for eight, eight hours or more, or slightly less than that a day, and I'm in that state... Well, that's going to have implications for me. It's going to make me feel good. My happy chemicals in my brain, so that would be dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin, they're releasing and giving me a naturally good feeling. And that has this virtuous cycle that leads to, yes, physical, but then, of course, also emotional well-being. We talk about wealth here as well, Stephen, and many people think wealth is just the financial but it's kind of impossible to have financial wealth without emotional wealth as well. So what are your top three tips to creating wealth? Yeah. So I can even start with the financial and then go to the, the others, or I can just address each of them. It's something like this, that if I'm connected to my natural tendencies, my natural abilities, and I'm doing some kind of work according. So in, it might be in somebody's case that, their administrative is very high, their entrepreneurial is high. So somebody like that would do really well in creating a business and organizing it and you know, running things. So they love to create value and products, and then they're very good at following up and then monetizing it. So if you're connected to something like that, you become good at it, and then you are rewarded for it. Because as you expend your energy and as you focus on those activities, you get results. But for somebody else, it might be something like, a protective nature, like a protective tiger and a logical tiger. So somebody who's very protective and logical would be excellent as a lawyer, or they might be excellent at, um, let's say, computer programming. 
So let's just take that example, someone who's got this natural tendency to protect, like cybersecurity. They want to protect, they want to protect. And they're logical, they're logical. So this protective and this logical go together. And when they engage in programming, then they're successful at it and they get rewarded. They do something well, somebody comes along and says, my God, you're so good at that. Could you also do this? And then they get a raise from there or they get recognition from there and so on. But if that person then wants to step up and become a manager as a programmer, a lead, but their administrative tiger is not a big one, or their interpersonal is not a big one, well, they're going to fail there. So they were a great pro. It's, called, it's also called the Peter principle, where you rise to your highest level of incompetence. You were a great program, you're an incredible programmer. You become a, a good team leader and then a lousy vice president and an awful CEO. So in this case, you might try to move up the ladder, so to speak, but you're not going to be financially remunerated because you don't have the natural tendencies that will allow you to grow and to continue to deliver excellence in the work that you do. So that's why I feel that if you want to be rewarded, even financially, that that's important that you stick to the areas where you have those natural tendencies. And then beyond that, going to the other areas, as, as you're mentioning, of, of the other types of wealth. I mean, for me, Wealth is being able to feed the tigers that I want to feed. I mean, if you think about what retirement is, right? People say that retirement is not when you reach a certain age and you stop working, but that retirement is getting to do the things that you want to do when you want to do them. So there's a wealth, you know, so to speak, in that people think, okay, I accumulate so much money. And then when I do, then I can like stop having to go to go to the office or go to quote unquote work and then do the stuff that I want to do. But my belief is that you could be quote unquote retired at age 35 or 40, but still be working, but choosing to do the work that you love to do, that to me is wealth. That to me is wealth. Some great points there. Now we talk about weight. Many people battle their weight. It's quite a needless battle for most people because stress is behind it. Have you ever battled your weight? If so, what was the trigger to lose it? And what can you offer the listeners about keeping stress down? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Yes, I have had to battle weight. I remember when I was like, I, I'm kind of like short and stocky. I'm, I'm about uh, five, somewhere between five, six and five, seven. I think as, as time is going on, I'm getting, you know, gravity is pulling me down. Um, so so when I was in my in my... I don't know, maybe 10 years old or 12 years old, I had to get a suit. And I remember my mother bringing me to a, a shop that sold suits and nothing fit me. And the guy said uh, to my mother, he said, miss, he's a husky. So husky meant that the normal, the normal suits were going to fit me and that I needed something which was for a bit of a more stocky build. And since then, I've always battled my weight. I put on weight really easily. And one of the things that my experience in being able to deal with that has been this. When I'm connected to who I am, when I'm in alignment with my tigers and I feed them, I engage the things like, and for me, that's educative, as I mentioned, and entertaining. I also have some others. My creative is a big tiger and my musical. So when I do activities that feed me and the activities feed me, so then I don't have this need to overeat right? Because I'm in a state of flow. So the neurotransmitters are going and I'm feeling good doing 
in that moment. And I don't have this need that I want to have an extra coffee and eat some chocolate and go for some carbs because the flow is naturally there and I'm feeling stimulated. And so what I found is that when I'm in these states, I'm naturally burning calories from just from being in the state that I'm in. I'm breathing from my stomach. Like right now, I'm, I'm putting my hand on my stomach and I can feel it. My stomach muscles are relaxed. I'm not stressed out at all. I'm enjoying this moment where we're here. The longer I do this, the more I'm breathing from my stomach, the more these chemicals are, uh, they're just marinating uh, my brain and I'm feeling good and I don't have those needs to compensate for a feeling of stress and um, anxiety, which I might feel if I were doing work, like if you took me right now and said, okay, you have all these this paperwork that you have to do. And there are a lot of details that you're going to have to focus on and you're going to need to be. So my administrative tiger is not really a big one. If you see my office, it's a bit of a mess. It's more than a bit of a mess. It's a big mess. But if I'm in that situation, then what I do is I'm like, okay, I'm going to organize these papers. Fine. But first, right, dun, 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 but first, let me go have, you know, a muffin. <laughs> let me get a piece of chocolate. Let me, um, you know, have a, a latte or something like that. And I have to bribe myself into doing the work. And then there starts this negative or vicious cycle of stimulating in order to do what it is that I have to do. And if I have eight hours of work in front of me and it's stuff that I can't stand doing on a day-to-day -day basis, and I've seen this, it's not that just because I know these things that I've got it down perfectly. I have phases that I'll go in and out of where I've got to do things that I really don't like doing. And when I start to feel, I see the weight coming on or I see myself reaching for those things, it's like, okay, Stephen, stop. You need to change things up. You need to delegate or you need to have my partner step in and take over some things that are starting to affect me because that's where I see it first. I start to see it in weight gain and I'm better at it now. It's not that I'm perfect, but I'm way, way better. I love that point of self-reflection. I know for myself, I gain weight when I'm bored. I, mm. I can't do bored. Yeah. So watching the TV, I find it boring and I'll find that's when I gravitate to eating things when I'm not even hungry. Yeah. Or if I'm, bored at an event or something, I'll start thinking about when's the lunch break. Yep. It's like, I don't do bored. Totally. And what's going on, this is what I have understood about, about being bored, is this is where there are hungry tigers. So for example, as I was mentioning, for me, I have a big musical tiger and a creative one. So if I'm stuck doing routine work for a long period of time, there are these other tigers that are just poking me saying, do something creative, do something musical. Do. And the interesting thing is that it's not always conscious. I don't always hear those voices. It's happening subconsciously or unconsciously. And so I have this, this feeling of anxiety that's kind of like poking me from inside. It's like, ugh, that feeling like, mm, like it's not happening. Like I, I feel antsy, I gotta do something. And that's boredom right there. That's boredom building up. And then, yeah, I go to the refrigerator uh, and I, I pull something out and start eating it. And what that's doing is the carbs, the sugar, If for some people, if it's smoking um, or they might stimulate using some, some sort of drug, what that does is those methods, whether it's the food or otherwise, they are releasing those same happy chemicals in your brain. So they release the dopamine, they release the serotonin, 
you know, dopamine is that reward. Like when you do something like, let's just say you're playing a video game and like you get to the next level, it's like, yeah, or you, you've, you're playing a game or you just completed some sort of project, that rush that you get when that happens, or when you look forward to doing something that you love to do, that's a dopamine release. Serotonin is that feeling of your mood and also esteem when someone says, oh my God, magic, you're so awesome. You're so great at this. How you you start to shine and you start to glow, that, that wonderful feeling of being recognized. So these stimulants, let's call it that, these, you know, the food and the chocolate and the coffee, they actually release those same neurotransmitters. And so that's why you feel okay afterwards. But then the problem is, of course, that it's not sustainable because when you eat those bits of food or, you know, like one bar of chocolate, fine, you're feeling good. But then it's like, just like drugs, it'll crash. And then you need to stimulate again. And so you have your second bar of chocolate and well, it's, got you stimulated, but not up to the same level. By the third bar of chocolate or piece of cake or whatever it might be, um, you're starting to feel bloated and not well. And that leads, if you do that consistently, that's going to lead to being overweight and eventually something like diabetes. Or if it's cigarettes for one cigarette, two cigarettes, three cigarettes, you know, one pack, two packs, that's going to lead to emphysema, lung cancer, or retail therapy, right? Sometimes people don't feel good, so they go shopping online, you know, buy another thing that you don't need. I have a friend who, every time he's stressed out, he buys a new knife. He's got this massive collection that he doesn't need. Well, that also leads to debt if you keep trying to buy happiness. So that's how I view this challenge of being overweight and how not being aligned leads to those kind of problems. Some great insights there. Now, Stephen, people can find you on your website www.feedyourtigers.com. We love freebies. What can you offer the listeners? And is it on your website? Mm, Yeah. So I do have a list of the 19 tigers that I've identified. So if you check that out, you'll, you'll find the 19 tigers there. And on the site, I also have a tool which is called the seven-way test. And there's an episode that talks about how to identify if a tiger is a big one or not. And that's really important when you want to know which tigers to feed or how to feed them. So how do you actually know? And so I've got this seven-way test where you can ask yourself, is my entrepreneurial really big or not? Let me check. And so you can answer these questions and that will help you come to that understanding. So that's a freebie. Fantastic. Now, thank you so much for your time, Stephen. We've had a great chat. I would love to talk to you more in our next episode, if that's okay. Sure. Terrific. Listeners, thank you so much for your time. This was your episode 198. Go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.